0: Kids, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to give you three passages of Scripture to turn to. Once you turn to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, if you don't know, through chapter 7 is when Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount, and so we're going to look at a passage that he shared during that message, during that Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and then um, also Nehemiah chapter 4 which is in the Old Testament, and then we're going to go keep your finger there in Matthew because then we're going to finish up in Matthew chapter 27 today. And the title of this message is Critics Are Inevitable. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're following God and walking with the Lord, no matter what God calls you to do in life, even within your family, your career, as you're following God, you are going to have critics. Aren't you glad that you came to church today just to hear that? (laughs) Because you're here today going, how do I get rid of them, Pastor Mark? Well, you're not. Critics are inevitable. But I'm going to teach you what our Christ-like response is to be, okay, to critics. And I'm not up here telling you that I'm an expert at this and I'm holier than thou and all that because I have been criticized and I have been critical. But I want you to know my heart's desire as a Christian is to be Christ-like in life's responses whenever those things happen to me. And uh, on the way to church this morning, I was thinking of, I always like to come up with different titles, you know. Um, uh, Because I'm going to talk about a little bit about social media. Aren't you glad I'm going to talk about social media today? Um, But I I also wanted to entitle this, Scroll On By. Uh, so critics are inevitable, scroll on by, and sometimes we just need to scroll on by on social media, and sometimes we need to just scroll on by in life, and uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want you to, Kurt, because I just, um, this is something that's really on my heart, um, just because I've been walking through some of this with some of our church family, and a lot of you know that story that's in the room um, today, and uh, and so I this message has just been welling welling up in me, and this is something that we need to, to know, we need to have knowledge about, we need to understand, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not perfect at it, but we need to learn how to do this. This is a learned behavior. Amen. Everybody ready to learn? Yes. And who's going to teach us is the Holy Spirit, because in our own human strength and human love, this is impossible, what I'm going to talk to you about today. But with Christ in you, you can do this. You can do this. So Matthew chapter 5, go to verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. I'm going to read down to verse 16. This is written in red in my Bible, which means this is when Jesus was speaking. This is the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecute the prophets who were before you. Golly, I have a hard time with that scripture, Lord. (laughs) I don't want to rejoice. I want to retaliate back. I want to be a keyboard warrior on Facebook and let them have it. Uh, I want to meet them in the backyard. I want to meet them after church. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'm just telling off of myself. But Jesus says, "Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for greatest reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing, but be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world; a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket." but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the context of that whole scripture. But if you're going to be salt and light, what went with that is, if you're going to be salt and light in this earth as a Christian, you're going to be persecuted. You're you're going to have critics. You're, You're going to have all those things. And who's operating them is the accuser of the brethren, which is the enemy, Satan. And even as a Christian, if you have things going on in your heart, the enemy can use you. That's the one thing I don't want the enemy to be able to use me in any way, shape, or form in this area. And so we, I just want you to just stay with me this morning, okay, because it's going to go somewhere. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three important things that you can leave here with today three takeaways but we live in a world today that believes a rumor before they will believe a reputation we really do that's what social media has created there's a lot of good things to social media and I thank God for the good things but I'll never forget my computer teacher back in high school was mrs. Charlotte Allen who went home to be with the Lord i'll never forget it whenever uh, i can remember sitting in her office with the big gigantic computers on her desk and she was very very smart lady and was actually even ahead of her time because at that time myspace had just come out ever heard of myspace remember <laughs> yeah that's that before facebook that's ancient and we were sitting there talking and and mrs allen had the foresight to see she said mark she goes, um, it's going to be very interesting what this does to our society and culture as this grows. And I, I'll never forget that when she told me that because it was just like one of them aha moments like God just spoke. I mean, I was just like, you know, Mrs. Allen, you're exactly right. She goes, this is going to change a lot of things in life. She goes, you watch it. And I have watched it in my in my days of what it's done. And there's a lot of good things, but there's a lot of... And I just want us to be caught up in the good things of it, not the bad things. Amen. And so I, I've got you turning to Nehemiah chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 27. Of course, back in Nehemiah's day, this was before Facebook, right? Okay. Yes. All right. That was a joke, by the way. I worked on that all week, you know. All right. So we learn from Nehemiah. What we're going to learn from Nehemiah is to fight for that which is good rather than fighting against that which is bad. So as Christians, we need to learn what we need to be fighting for. If the enemy can get you in a fight that, it, that you're not signed up for, that he doesn't want you in, what, that, what it ends up doing is wearing you down and out. Yes. So we got to be harmless. You know, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove is what the word says. It's what Jesus said. We are light in darkness, so being the best reflection of the light of Christ is the best thing that we can do. Now, this is what's going on in the world today, Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, and this is where Jesus is talking about the last days, and he says, because lawlessness will abound, and so what's causing all this stuff that we see, the critical and all this thing, is, is the enemy, but it's a, the Bible calls it the spirit of lawlessness. Nobody is under authority. You know we're rejecting. I mean, there, there's things happening in our world today that I never thought that I would see. I mean, we have we have whole cities and states that are rejecting the police. Yes. I mean, that, that's and what's behind that is a spirit of lawlessness. And so it says Jesus said this in the last days, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That can even happen to us as Christians. I don't want my love to grow cold. Amen. And so don't get caught up in this. So, and I love this quote by Martin, that's Jesus speaking. I love this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. So what we need as Christians, we need a baptism of love. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a baptism of love today. Because this world, the spirit of lawlessness is at work, and it's even at work on us and we don't even realize it to get get our love to grow cold. So in Nehemiah chapter 4, we're going to read down through verse 4, just a portion of this story, and if you know this story, this is where Nehemiah went to the king, and the king let him go to his people, the Jewish people, and he's helping them rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and, and uh, what was an impossible task, uh, they actually got it done in 52 days, the Bible talks about. But I want you to notice in Nehemiah chapter 4, even though Nehemiah had the orders from the king to do this, Um, He had permission to do it But he had um, He had opponents He had critics And so it says but it so happened When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall That he was furious and very indignant And mocked the Jews And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria And said what are these feeble Jews doing Will they fortify themselves Will they offer sacrifices Will they complete it in a day Will they revive the stones from the heaps of the rubbish stones that are burned. Uh, verse 3 says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So these guys are being very critical. And and Nehemiah knows all this is going on, actually hears it, and I want you to see what Nehemiah, how Nehemiah responds. Number Verse 4 says, Hear, O our, hear, o our God, for we are despised. We got critics. God, turn their reproach on their own heads, and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. That's how Nehemiah responded. He didn't respond to them; he responded to the Lord in prayer. And here's what we have to realize: we need, as as Christians, we have got to let the Lord fight our battles. And that's easier said than done. Because I want to fight. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes I want to fight. And God says, "No, Mark. The battle is mine." And so I'm gonna. Here's here's point one that I'm giving you today. Number one, never waste your time trying to explain yourself to someone who is deeply devoted to misunderstanding you. I'll say it again, never waste your time trying to explain yourself to someone who is deeply devoted to misunderstanding you. And this is uh, a couple of scriptures that I have have been really just in uh that i've been praying over myself and over others this week is isaiah 54 verse 17 these are some good scriptures that you need to know and memorize some good warfare scriptures and this is isaiah 54 verse 17 says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is from me says the lord i love that scripture Romans 8 28 is another one and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose and everybody said amen you need those two scriptures in your arsenal for God to give you a broader audience of influence is for God to give you a broader audience of critics everybody wants influence but when you have influence you're going to have critics Can God trust you to keep your focus when haters start to hate? If you're more emotionally charged than you are spiritually mature, God simply has to keep you from having too much influence because critics are inevitable. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Critics are inevitable. inevitable. These mockers minimized anything the Israelites had to work with in Nehemiah chapter 4, and the truth was they were working with ruins just like most of us are today. you're building your life we're working with ruins amen but the reality is they had been given access to the private resources of the king and we work with what we have but supplies are on the way jesus has got supplies for every one of us in here whatever you're rebuilding enemies come and enemies go but not one of your enemies has ever been raised from the dead i want you to remember that Okay, enemies come, enemies go, but not one of them has been raised from the dead. Only one's been raised from the dead, and that's your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So keep your focus and keep your faith on him, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Critics are inevitable. Like I said, I'm going to say that a lot today. The The next time somebody is being negative about you, remember Jesus not only said this is inevitable, but actually cautioned us about living so indifferently that there's no human reaction. He even said this in Luke 6, 26, Jesus says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. I want everybody to like me. (laughs) I'm a people pleaser. How many people pleasers we got in here? I want everybody to like me. And the first time I found out that somebody didn't like me, I was like, you know what? I'm a pretty good guy. I like me. You know, I like me. But he, this this person just did not like me, and it was a personality class. You're just going to find that. You're going to find that in life, no matter what you're doing in life. There's just going to be some people that just don't like you, and they're critics. And uh, you're going to have to know how to respond to that. And I want to respond with Christ-like um, behavior, Christ-like heart. And I haven't always done that. I'll just be honest with you. I'm being transparent with you today. Nehemiah chapter 4 going down in chapter 4 down to verse 14 we're going to read down to verse 20 it says and I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the leaders and to the rest of the people do not be afraid of them this is Nehemiah speaking remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren your sons your daughters your wives and your houses and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing that all of us returned to the wall everyone to his work so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other they held a weapon. Doesn't that sound like life? That sometimes you're, you're working on your own life and what's going on in your family and your marriage and your career. And all this you're working on it here and then the other hand you're battling the enemy at the same time and that's life every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me then i said to the nobles the rulers and the rest of the people the work is great and extensive and we are separated far from one another on the wall so wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there and our god will fight for us i love that When you read And I I encourage you to read Nehemiah chapter 4 today The whole chapter We pretty much read the whole thing Almost already this morning But the, the thing that really Got me about Nehemiah When I was thinking about Critics are inevitable And he had critics I was looking in the Bible For somebody that had critics And Nehemiah did But what Nehemiah did He never responded to his critics He prayed to God And he talked to the people that was with him in this journey on rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And and so this is a valuable point that I'm going to share with you. This is point number 2. You don't have to attend every argument and fight to which you're invited. In fact, I was going to entitle this like I told you earlier scroll on by. Scroll on by. On Facebook, you know, social media, you can scroll on by. You don't have to fight that fight. Amen quit attending that you're just wearing yourself out you scroll and you see something i don't believe that so you get on there and you comment and then you got world war three started on the comments and then then all of us are joining in and we're all reading the comments and eating popcorn okay (laughs) i'm I'm serious i'm just being truthful with you today the reason why i know that because i got a t-shirt cap i've done that you know been (laughs) on both sides of it and uh (laughs) I mean, I've had those deals sometimes where I'm like, why did I even comment on that? You know, because here we go. Here we go. And uh, so you don't have to attend every argument and fight to which you're invited. Pause, pray, think about it before you do. And in fact, there's a quote that a pastor friend of mine who's been in this pulpit uh, from Destiny Church in Oklahoma City that he put on Facebook this week. And I was like, I had to share it because I was like, man, that is so good. This is his quote. The energy it takes to refrain from entertaining an immature comment is less than the energy it takes to stoop to childish exchanges. Don't attend every conflict, fight, or argument to which you're invited. If the battle isn't between you and your destiny, walk away. That's so good. I'm going to give you a little spiritual warfare lesson this morning. Real simple spiritual warfare. Ephesians 5, verse, and you know, a lot of times when I say spiritual warfare, everybody thinks, oh, that's just for people in the fivefold ministry and people that are way up here. No, every, if you're a Christian, you're in spiritual warfare. You're in God's army. And so Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, tells us how to walk in wisdom. And the Apostle Paul says this, says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fool, fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Everybody say redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so here's what i you know, the enemy may not be able to make you bad or cause you to sin in some great way or anything like that. But as a Christian, what, as you're walking with God, what he what he's does is, and he's very crafty at it, is he likes to get your focus off of Jesus and onto something else. And as if he's successful at doing that, what you begin to do You begin to fight a fight that you're not even supposed to sign up for and be a part of. And then what that does is it eventually wears you down spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, and relationally. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Daniel that one of the schemes of the enemy in the last days is to wear down the saints. And I believe this is part of it, how he wears us down, is that we get involved in things that we're not supposed to be fighting been there, done that. And it just wears you out. And so if something's draining you, then you're not supposed to be in that fight. Amen. Some of you are in fights today that you didn't sign up for. Some of you are in fights today because you did sign up for it. <laughs> and and today you're going to unsign up for it yes. and get out of it, okay? Some of you are in stuff and you're like, I can't get out of it. I'm in it, Pastor Mark. Well, God's God's going to fight your battle for you. Either way, God's going to fight your battle for you. Now, listen to this: ministry. and Every one of us in here are ministers. I hope you realize that Um, you don't have to have a pulpit ministry to be a minister. Every one of us are ministers. If you're, you know, um, if you're a dad, if you're a mom, you're, you're a minister. If you're, if you're just, if you're living and breathing, and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a minister. You're ministering to somebody. You have a circle of influence, and so ministry has enemies. And Jesus had, listen to this, Jesus had the perfect ministry, and he had enemies. Then he said, if you follow me, you're going to have enemies. Well, thank you, Jesus. It is surprising in one way, but when you try to help others and make a difference, you're met with resistance. And this is because there's more taking place than just what you see in the natural human realm. I've tried to help so many people in life, and then it just backfires, and I'm like, what in the world just happened there, you know? And, and it's because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. There's things going on behind the scenes. Otherwise, people around us would say, wow, that's great, Pastor Mark. You were trying to help others. But no, they're picking up stones and wanted, they're criticizing, want to crucify you. The enemies of God are always trying to stop the word of God and Satan is at work in those who are disobedient. Ephesians two two tells us that there are people, just like if you're here today, and I'm, I'm believing that I'm talking to the, I'm preaching to the choir today. Okay, you're saved, you know Jesus, all right. But there are people in this world that, and your who you are today are sons and daughters of obedience. But Ephesians two two says that there are sons and daughters of disobedience. They're not walking with God. And so the enemy's able to use them against you in being critical, and I'm going to teach you how to respond to that. There's actually a spiritual, listen to this, there's actually a spiritual collaboration where demonic forces strategically cooperate and those who are under their influence are used to work against you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? That's what you got to remember. And when you learn to ignore your enemies, you get your time back, You get your emotional energy back, and you get your focus back where it needs to be, and that's on Jesus. But that's what the enemy wants you to do is get your focus on the critics so that he can wear you out. I want to stay strong in the Lord. Amen? So you got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Here's the third thing. Ready for the third thing? This is the sucker punch today, guys. All right? Ready to go home with this one? Okay. This is the this is the one that gets me every time, and I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be that. In fact, God, and and, and I'm, I'm teaching you something today. There are times to fight and stand for the truth and all those things, okay? And but you have to know when. And too many Christians are signing up for fights that we're not supposed to be in. But so what I'm telling you this is the ones that. That we 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 sign up for every little bitty fight that comes along. Being a pastor, I've had to learn there are some fires I'm not called to be a, to be the fireman on. Amen. You started that fire, you put it out. Right. I'm, yeah. Exactly. You know, some of you in families, and you know, in your family, and they call you put come over here and put out this fire. No, I didn't. I, I didn't start it. It's your responsibility. You put out that. A lot of people. Uh, we got a lot of irresponsible irresponsible people today. Amen. If you started that fire, you put it out. Everybody said amen. What's well, real quiet in here today? I'm kind of feeling like eh, I'm feeling criticized today. <laughs> All right, no. Here, so here's number three, and I I'm, I'm gonna put it up there, and I'm like, Lord, I have been, I haven't responded like this. I want to be like Jesus, and this is and this is so hard for me. Okay, ready? Be silent. <laughs> It's just so tough, because I want to fight back. I want to use words. I want to. I want to. Take people outside after church. Okay, I'm just. I'm being transparent and honest with you guys. Okay, that's my flesh talking, but my spirit said man's tells me. But Mark, that's not Christ like. Yes. So you need to respond like Jesus. Jesus was silent, and I'm going to show you that here in just a second. There was times that he knew knew when to speak up and when to be silent. And I'm going to tell you, most of the times when he spoke up was against Satan or or against religious people when you read the Gospels. That's when he was putting people in their place. Um, But I love this scripture in Exodus 14, verse 14. Here's Here's another warfare scripture. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. God's basically saying, get out of my way. Please be quiet so I can take care of this situation. But you're you're running your mouth, and it causes you more problems. You're getting yourself into more problems. If you would just be quiet and be silent and be still and know that I'm God, then I could take care of this situation. Amen? Amen. But here's my favorite. Okay, that's Exodus 14, 14 out of the English Standard Version can I read you the Message Bible translation? Because I love this one. The Message Bible says, God will fight the battle for you, and you, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I thought, man, that's good. That's a good translation. So I was thinking, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking, may the spirit of shut up come upon us all. You know? Um, so going to what I was going to tell you about about social media, I know I've hinted to it a little bit. Uh, please do not allow your social media to be used as a demonic tool of division in our already divided world. What you post as frustration will breed disdain and hate from those who pick up your offense. And in addition, you grow what you sow, and that will come back on you one day. And that's Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2. And everybody said, Amen. I got a good friend of mine talking about social media, and it's Lane Broadbent. I grew up with Lane Broadbent out here northwest of Leedy. Some of you know him in here. Lane's just he's just a good dude. We used to go fishing together and all kinds of stuff. He'd come over and fish with us at the barn pond. We had a pond called the Barn Pond. And we were even talking about it here not too long ago. He was asking me. He said, I wonder if old Walter's still alive. We had a bass in that pond that we named Walter. My dad called him one time. I know he weighed about seven pounds. and. We'd always try to catch Walter when we went fishing, but Lane is just a good guy. It's something that Lane started on social media, and every now and then he'll get on there and post something. and He'll just post something from back here in Leedy at school or whatever, and it's just a good, wholesome post, and it's amazing how many people comment. It's just good, and it's healthy. That's what we need to be doing. Amen. Like I said earlier, the top of my message is criticism is inevitable. We must learn not to respond to negativities. It's not easy, but with God, all things are possible. you got to have the Lord to help you with this. All right, you got to have the Holy Spirit within you to help you with this. Criticism is inevitable. Take captive every thought and choose to live from a deeper place than the place of emotional reaction. I want to respond like Jesus. G- I don't want to have that knee-jerk reaction and get all emotional. I want to respond like Christ. And I want you to know it is Christ-like, what we just read in Matthew 5, it is Christ-like to be criticized and falsely accused, without reacting, trying to justify ourselves. Jesus didn't even give an answer to Pilate's question of accusations that were made against him, and this is what I wanted to close with today, because I want to see, I want you to see the beauty in this. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 through 14. Jesus could have called down a legion of angels he could have said God he says, he could have said Father I'm not going through with this this is this is dumb these people are dumb um, what we created is they're, they're, they're so fallen I'm just being honest with you they're so fallen they, they can't even see me they're so blind they don't even know that I'm here I'm hoping these 12 disciples you gave me get it so that they can carry it on I'm, I'm just thinking about what's going on through Jesus' mind because he is standing before Pilate the Roman governor, and he's being accused here in Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 through 14. It says, now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, it is as you say. And I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to say this. And this can happen for every one of us in the in this room. The reason that Jesus was able to respond like that, because he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. He was The king of the jews he's the king of the whole world and he said that because he knew who he was in his father and when you know who you are in christ you can hold your head high when people are accusing you and critical and you don't have to stoop down to their level and you don't have to defend yourself and you don't have to get in fights word fights physical fights whatever kind of fights you want to get into you don't have to do that mental fights you don't you don't have to do it because you know who you are in christ And it says this in verse 12, And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. So the religious people are standing there accusing him. He's being accused by by the accuser of the brethren, the enemy. Jesus doesn't answer anything. It says, And then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. When we're, when we're silent, and I'm telling you, and we let God fight our battles, when we let the, the Father fight our battles, people will be marveled. And actually, you're going to, and if, you will, if, we can, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do this in you and through you, you can actually win some of your critics into the kingdom of God. And everybody said amen. It may be your Christ-like response that brings them in. That's what Matthew 20, I'm, I'm like, Lord, help me be this, be like this. Because when you settle the issue of God's love for you, then you will finally stop living for the praise of others, and the disapproval from your critics will no longer slow you down. And that's happening to a lot of people in here today that don't listen to your critics. Don't let them slow you down. Know who you are in Christ. And everybody said, did everybody learn something today? Okay, now here's, here's two things that I want you to write down to help you, and I'm going to use the biblical word for it, is deliverance from a critical spirit. You want to know how to get delivered from a critical spirit? And I'm not going to have you raise your hands and say, oh, I got a critical spirit, because, yeah, because every Lena, thank you, because everybody in here has one. I'm preaching to the choir today. Yeah, because we all have it. And so how to, and some of us have it more than others, okay, depending on how you was raised, and there, there's a lot of things that, that can factor into this, and I'm not going to go down all those roads. But this is how every one of us very simply can be delivered from a critical spirit. In your daily walk with God, Begin to begin to give thanks to God for everything in your life. Yes. Just be a thankful person. Number one, real simple. Just start saying thank you. Start thank, saying thank you to people around you. Start saying thank you to your spouse more often. Start saying thank you to people in your family. When you're at work, tell, just tell people thank you. Be thankful to your father for everything that's going on in your life. Just be a thankful person and see what it does. I'm talking I'm talking. go overboard being thankful and see what it starts doing on the inside of you. Everybody with me? Because what you're going to realize is we're not very thankful people. A lot of us in here we feel entitled we even tell god what to do <laughs> god you better do this today right and god's like how about being thankful you know for your life for your salvation you know jade and i were walking the other day and we were praying and we pray over you guys pray over the church And so the, the temperatures are finally starting to come down and so we started doing our prayer walking again and we walked down buffalo bend it's about a mile a little over a mile and a half and we're praying and, and we're just walking and Jada just starts giving thanks she goes, God thank you for my life today thank you for my breath today. thank you for that deer that we see right down there you know and I'm like, where you know you know? <laughs> you know and she was just being thankful and so when you do that, just those little bitty things in life, just being thankful, it does something on the inside of you it just it like it like cancels out the critical spirit, delivers you from it. here's number two. So start being, being thankful. This goes right along with it, right along with it, because this is, this is all renewing your mind according to the word of God. Quit focusing on what is missing in your life. That's real simple, just those two things. I know I could tell you probably others. There's probably You can probably think of some more yourself. But those, I was just thinking, Lord, how how can we? Because I've been, I have been criticized, I have been critical. How can we as Christians walk and not in being caught up in this critical spirit? Because the spirit of lawlessness is running wild today, and it's causing people's hearts to grow cold. I I don't want my heart to grow cold. And God just said, drop those two things. Mark, be thankful and quit focusing on what is missing in your life. So many people focus on what's missing instead of what's there. What's there is you're healthy, you're whole, you're alive, you're here. Amen? Yeah. And but sometimes we're, we're missing out. Well, I don't have a million dollars in my bank. Well, I don't either. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm missing out. God, if I had that, I'd be happy. Well, no, you wouldn't. I promise you. Uh, I've, seen, uh, I've, I've been around people that have a lot of money, and they're not happy. Amen? I mean money because a lot of people think if I just had this this I'd be happy no quit focus on what's missing focus on what's in your life if you've got Jesus that is all you need to be happy and everybody said amen Amen. everybody learned something today everybody got some takeaways nobody's leaving here critical okay here's what I want you to do before you leave today I want you to encourage one person before you leave here today Amen? amen all right and uh, and you're like, well, they're not. There. there's nobody here. I want to encourage. No, there's somebody here. You need to encourage. All right. So somebody encourage somebody as you leave here today. All right. Father, we thank you and praise you for this word today. God, we, um, Lord, help us to be like Jesus and Christ-like in our responses in life, um, Lord, because we do want to walk out of here being salt and light today. God, I thank you that we're leaving here. We're learning. Um, how to be free of a critical spirit. So I pray that people would just start learning to give thanks just for the little bitty things in life, but also quit focusing on the things that aren't missing. And so that goes hand in hand. And as we we do that, it just frees us up from a critical spirit. So, Father, I, I pray for everyone here today as they leave that you just fill us up with your love, baptize us in your love today, we pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for, if there's anybody here in the sound of my voice, or those that are watching online or those that will be listening to this on the radio, if they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. When they hear this good news, that today is the day of salvation. And So, Lord, I want to have the honor and privilege of leading them in a prayer to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And even if you're here today and you know Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer with me and with them. Say, Lord Jesus. I need you in my life. I believe you are the son of God. And you died on the cross for me. And rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. And create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, I want everybody to stand up. If you're standing there with family, I want you to join hands with them. Remember I said you're going to walk out of here and at least encourage one person today before you leave. And I want to speak this blessing over you out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. Now, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, scroll on by. Amen. Have a blessed week.